first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Sippin' on a 40. We gotta do this quick, okay? I can't give you the reason why it's been so long since you heard my voice, okay? I can't give that to you yet, but I'll give you this episode. It's a conversation with Bondi. We talk about a lot of things. We probably got a lot of facts wrong. We did correct one towards the end of the episode involving Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen and their UFA years. It's a pretty important fact. Uh, this is a pretty important conversation. Again, thank you to Bondi and to you, the listener. Thank you as well. Enjoy. Man, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. I don't even know, Bonnie. Uh, what do you have to say about all this? Uh, I said it on uh, the latest episode of Power of the Towel, which came out yesterday for the network. Uh, I think everything's on the table right now for the Vancouver Canucks in terms of the rest of the way, whether that's they try and cram in as many games as possible until, uh, or try and cram in all 19 games until uh, May 14th. That's the last day of the regular season the NHL is scheduled. They play, you know, a short and regular season for the Vancouver Canucks or uh, they don't play at all. Like it, it really is all on the table. Now, uh, Darren Drager uh, just tweeted out a, a few moments ago that the, the NHL's plan is for the Vancouver Canucks, if everything goes right, to play, start playing at end of next week. So around, what, the 19th, 20th around there, that's when they that's when they want to play. But it really all depends on, A, you know, if there's any more positive tests from now until then, because you got to have a big stretch of non, no positive tests for you to get back on the ice. That's the NHL protocol. And, how these guys are feeling, right? Like that's another that's another big thing uh, that's uh, that's that's in play here. Can I can I put on my uh, my Doctor Bondi jacket? Ahead, it's been a while. Go it's ahead. been a while. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up too. Go ahead, take 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 the uh, take the run here. Okay, so the, I, I've got the update right here. The uh, the, the team, and I think it was important for for the team to come out and you know there there's a lot of rumors and you know conjecture going on, but it's nice to hear from the Vancouver Canucks like what is going on. So. They say 25 individuals have tested positive and the source of the infection is confirmed a variant. Now, whether that's what they call the P1 variant, which is from Brazil, B117, which is uh, like the UK variant or what have you, they're wow. both more infectious than what you, what like classic COVID, right? Like old, old school COVID-19 at this point. Uh, and they go on to say, I think this is the most interesting part, uh, an ongoing investigation by Vancouver Coastal, Coastal Health and club contracts tracing staff, sorry, attributes a source infection to a single individual obtained in a community setting, which has since been identified by public health as a public exposure location. Now, now what does that mean? When they say like a public exposure location, it's somewhere like a restaurant or a grocery store where they can't contact everyone who was there at the time. So just say, okay, if you were here at this location between this time and this time, monitor yourself for symptoms because that you could you could have COVID nineteen, 
So I think that's I think that's what's what's happened here. If I'm to take a guess as to how this broke down, if I'm you know again put on the Doctor Bondy Bondy jacket and, and say how this happened, it's uh, and, you know people have people have said this online, and you know Adam Gaudet and his wife Michaela went to a restaurant during the break. This could have been easy. I don't know which restaurant, but you know he's the first one to test positive. So let's assume he's kind of patient zero in this whole situation. He's the guy who, and him and his wife went to a restaurant. They contract COVID nineteen there. They come to the rink Tuesday. They come to the, sorry. They go get tested Monday because these guys have to get tested every day. And from my experience, taking these you know these tests, it takes a day. It takes a day for you to to get the results of these of these nasal swab tests. And of course, that's out of the control of the Vancouver Canucks, right? You got to send them to the lab and you got to get them back. So it comes on Tuesday. It comes in Tuesday that you know Adam Gaudet has a positive. They pull him off the ice, and at that point on that on that thing, he's probably already you know come into contact, maybe infected a couple of people. What what what's really shocking to me, and I don't know why NHL went through with this, is why do they have that game day morning skate on Wednesday? Because if you listen to Rick Dollywall's reporting, that's when the most of the spread happened, right? It was that game day Wednesday morning skate. You know, the Montreal Canadiens they shut down their practice. The right away, and they 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 uh, you know postponed games for a week, but for some reason that wasn't in play for the Vancouver Canucks. So I, I think that's what happened here. It was Adam Gaudet? Maybe he, maybe if they don't you know sliding doors moment. Maybe if they don't have that morning skate on Wednesday, we don't we have you know a fraction of the positive test that we do now. And you know I think Thomas Trance, you know he wrote a great column for the Athletic Day. I'll uh, quick plug here, but you know I assume everyone who is listening to this podcast is following Thomas Drance and his work already, but yep. he wrote, he wrote a, he wrote a great column today. And, you know, if this is the case, if there are more infectious variants out there in the community, and if it spreads quickly while on the ice with no masks, right. It, ca- it calls into question, you know, the integrity of the North division, you know, we were used to remember at the beginning of the season, like back in January, it was the outbreaks were happening on the American teams and the Canadian teams were safe. And now the situation seems like it's completely flip-flop, right? Like you see teams like the New York Rangers getting vaccinated. Canadian teams aren't players aren't getting vaccinated anytime soon, right? They're not going to get vaccinated the rest of the season. That's just not how it works. The supply isn't there. The, uh, the, the, the federal government is prioritizing, you know, more essential people than hockey players. So it's going to be dicey the rest of the way. Like William Nylander just had to be pulled from the game tonight because he was in close contact because of close contact tracing. And there was a similar situation today with the Canucks where he was on the ice for morning skate. And now he's not going to be in the game because of contact tracing. No, it's, it's going to be dicing the rest of the way for the North division. I think. Yeah, me too. I think that it's going to feel dicey. Who knows if it, it will actually be dicey. I think a lot of us are just confused and we don't have all the answers on how these things happen. That being said, I mean, that is somewhat confusing. I mean, how, can they just go ahead and have a game day skate, you know, when it's that close, they, a positive? They kind they canceled all that stuff for Montreal. Yeah, you know, so I don't know why. I don't understand why they had to push this game through for uh, it, against Calgary, and it, it was an easy game. But I think it, it was an easy game to cancel, like the day before. It was only one game. The plan was only play one game in Vancouver against Calgary, and the Canucks were going to be on the road trip. It wasn't like you know the first game of, of a three game set like we saw earlier that was a game that easily could have been postponed and now the whole schedule is kind of fucked for every not just for the canucks for for everyone in the division right like the whole schedule is going to have to be changed yeah. at this point for every team 
which I think is fine. I've heard some people say, oh, well, what about the integrity of the division and some of those teams feasted yeah. on the Canucks? Come on. It's, a, it's a temporary Canadian division. I'm not too worried about that. There's, yo. If your team did not get to beat up on one of the worst teams in Canada, the Vancouver Canucks, and another team has more points than you because they got to beat up on the Vancouver Canucks, who cares? It's 2021, okay? It's 2021. Yeah. Fuck the integrity. Fuck competition. It is what it is. And right now, it is very unfortunate and you know you, you can go back to all the tracing and where this started from and you know draw the lines and i'm sure we'll hear names and con confirmation soon it's just it's just again so unfortunate and it's been such a long time since the world has been living under this spell and people slip up man and yeah I, I, again look how drastic this is right drastic is it? We're, we're just talking about sports right we're talking about one franchise but yo it's almost gotten everyone everyone yeah everyone on the team and it's anyone who is on the ice yeah. on that wednesday skate is pretty much contracted COVID 19. yeah one love one love to all the families the team the team members the coaching staff just everyone involved get well soon and to be honest uh, hockey really doesn't fucking matter i could care less if the season gets canceled and it probably won't you know i've, I've been writing about this on nuxmisconduct.com you know we we think it's easy to just cancel the season and obviously yeah. there's all these legit there's a lot lot more things that play than just you know cancel the season there's no you know uh i was on the sct show last night i don't know if you listened to the episode uh tej versus tambier it was like a uh it's like a wrestlemania promo for a half for the majority of the episode but uh germander made it made a great point on that and I'll, I'll shout him out here you know no 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 professional sports league wants to have an asterisk besides one of their teams for a season right like no one the nhl doesn't want to see like 39 games asterisks season had to be canceled because of a COVID-19 outbreak, right? Like, they don't want that. So no. I think, you know, I think at the very least, what you're going to see is a, a shortened schedule for the Vancouver Canucks in terms of, you know, there was supposed, supposed to be a four-game set against the Ottawa Senators uh, sometime soon, like, you know, sometime in April. Is there really any point in playing those games? They don't have any playoff implications. Even the games against Calgary, like the Calgary's not going to make the playoffs. They have almost a similar work, bad record as the Canucks. There's no point playing those games. Who cares, man? Just it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like you can just use point percentage for you know draft lottery odds. Yeah, figure like they out. did. Like they used point percentage for the bubble last year. Like right, I think at the bare minimum you can cancel those games against the Sens and Flames, and you know put a few more games against teams that have something to play for. Yeah, just figure it out, NHL schedule makers. You'll figure it out. You guys are smart people, right? You have time. You have time here. Again, over 85% of the team pretty much has COVID-19, right? So, uh, yeah, you got to get to work and fix things. And if uh, this team can't play hockey anymore, it's all good. And again, the integrity doesn't really fucking matter. I'll say this too, right? Again, we think it's easy. The league doesn't want an asterisk. Yo, there's a good chance that the Canucks players themselves want to finish the season too because they are professional athletes and they are built different than us yeah. and they have a different psyche than us. And they, again, live differently than us. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to play. Uh, again, easy for us to say for them, they're just different beings. They're professional athletes. Who knows what is going to happen? And, and I hope when they come back they they want to be frank and talk about their experience mm -hmm. with oh, yeah. COVID-19. I, I, I don't, I think this was uh, Trevor Beggs in the group chat who uh, we keep on re referencing the group chat. We're blowing up everyone's spot right here, but right. you made a good point. Like I, I, I don't want to hear the Vancouver Canucks, you know, say like it's in the past. Let's forget about it. Let's move on. No, talk about your experience with COVID-19. Like, I think it's a good learning experience for everyone out there. Like, we can look at daily case numbers and say like, oh, that's however many people. But 
you know, this is how this is how we we live in today's society is how, you know, humans react. Unless you have a personal story with COVID-19, maybe it doesn't really hit as hard as, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing like a number of however many cases a day. And, you know, Vancouver Canucks are probably the most visible organization in this city. Everyone knows, you know, at least something about them. So I, I, if they do come back, like at some point, I would like to hear them talk about their experience with COVID-19 because I think it'd be important for a public to hear about it. Like it's a, just a good like learning opportunity for everyone out there. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's unfortunate, but it is also fascinating. And it's it's one of those things too. Again, when the team does come back, who knows if everyone is going to come back, right? Human beings, maybe they're like, yo, fuck it, man. I'm gonna stay home with my family. This was a traumatic experience and we got nothing to play for. Let me just chill with my family. It's gonna open up opportunities for other players to break into the NHL and have their dreams come true. Uh, I think I saw uh, Chris Faber tweet about Cole Lind and how he's been called up yeah. to the taxi squad. So here, here here's... Here's life again, polarity, right? There's always two sides to everything. This is a crisis, a pandemic. Things are happening. People are ill. And, and it's also an opportunity for a guy like Cole Lynn, right? Like, it's just kind of funny how, you know, this kind of shocking event can be an opportunity for, for yeah. someone like that. And I honestly do see like that as a path for the Vancouver Canucks. If the, the NHL says you have to play some games going forward the rest of the season, they call up a bunch of guys from Utica and we see some weird lineup where it's guys who have, who are on the the main roster who are able to go with a mix of guys from Utica and you know the guys who still need to recover are, are on the sidelines but I don't know but, I, but this is what I was thinking about the other night Kyle it's weird right now with the Vancouver Canucks on their quote-unquote you know their their COVID-19 break because obviously like the week before they had a break as well in the schedule it's been almost like two two and a half weeks since the Canucks have played it feels like the Canucks are just don't exist and like they're in like they're doing like their own thing and the nhl's just going on like it's been so yeah. long since the vancouver canucks game feels like the canucks don't even exist right like it's just the nhl's is going on with their business have the to. Canucks are on the sidelines it's just it's just a weird weird feeling yeah it's weird it's strange and it's it's the way it goes in 2021 and it's happening to our city's team and you said you know it's the more notable well, one of the most notable organizations in the city. It's it's the only show in town. Okay, it's the only show in town. The Vancouver Canucks. Yes, the only show in town. Get well soon. Okay, get well soon. Who knows what is going to happen? Uh, let's talk about some things that again don't really matter, but they're probably going to matter in a couple months. Okay, we're hearing rumblings that Tanner Pearson he may get signed here, and I know you're shaking your head, but the more and more I look into it. Is it, is it okay for the team to do this, to spend some money on somebody entering their 30s, give them some term, if Jay Beagle is forced on LTIR? So it's practically giving up Beagle's salary because I'm not even sure what the hell's wrong with this guy. Like, how did this happen? I, I got to read into it. But Jay Beagle supposedly may go on LTIR, maybe even going on LTIR for next year as well, maybe retiring. That's what I'm hearing. And again, this opens up the cap space to make sense to get into this negotiation with Tanner Pearson. Would, would you want Tanner Pearson back? And for how long? What's that cap hit going to look like? Because I'm thinking that this is going to happen, okay? Jim Benning, he loves the pen. He loves the pen. He, li- he likes his he likes his, uh, he likes the, his free agent signing, UFA signings. I guess this wouldn't be a, uh, yeah, he a loves, UFA signing. He but it. wants it. Look, this is how the Vancouver Canucks got into the trouble they are with their current cap situation is because 
every time there's some little bit of cap space to spend, Jim Benning and management say, okay, we got to spend it on a bunch of guys. I think about 2016, they have the cap space. Let's go out and sign a guy, Louis Erickson. 2017, you know, Sam Gagne, which, okay, he's not on the Canucks, but he's traded for Ryan Spooner, who's still on the Canucks books. 2018, they have all this space. Oh, let's go sign a guy like, Ty, uh, you know, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel. 2019, we have some more space. Let's sign a guy like Tyler Myers. Like, one of the big, big problems with this management team throughout their time with the Vancouver Canucks is you don't need to spend when you have salary cap room. You could just have salary cap room. And I know it's e it's easy to say like, oh, like Tanner Pearson, he'll sign for, you know, two point something, two point, let's say $2.5 million. That's not that much space. You can have Jay Beagle on LTIR. That's how we got into the situation we are with the Vancouver Canucks and their cap spacers because every year they would have cap space and they would just go out and sign players mm -hmm. because they have the cap space, right? Like, let's think about two, three years down the road. Is Tanner Pearson going to be worth his 2.5 to $3 million on, let's say, a three to four year deal? No, he's not. Like, you can, you can find better value, I think, somewhere else. You don't have, this is my big issue with if you, oh, we can sign Tanner Pearson because Jay Beagle's on LTR. You don't have to sign Tanner Pearson. You don't have that. Your option is you can let him walk. Sure, it'd be suck or you you can trade him, but you don't have to sign him because all of a sudden now you have the cap space. Yeah. Priority number one should be getting assets because again, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a team that is what? Sixth place. Well, fifth place because Calgary sucks ass too. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, I brought this up and I brought, brought this up on the L I, sorry, I brought this up on the SCT show last night. Tanner Pearson is supposed to be rehabbing right now for his injury at Rogers Arena. That's what you do when you're an injured player, right? You, you go to the rink and you and you rehab there. But obviously, with everything going on, he's he's stuck at home right now. Can't go to the uh, rehab at Rogers Arena even if he wanted to. So you know, if you do try and trade a guy like Tanner Pearson, he's going to be way behind his rehab. If and I don't know how appealing that's going to be for a, for a team at at the trade deadline. So. If you can't trade him, you, it, again, you don't have to sign the guy. Yeah, if you can't you don't have to sign the guy because you have cap room. And that that's how the Canucks got into the trouble they are now with the salary cap is because Jim Benning uses and spends money in free agency when he has cap space. Like I did when I was 11 years old and I got my birthday money and I went out and bought, you know, a new GameCube game. Like right away, no, no consideration for the future. Yeah, 100% right away. Spend that 80 bucks on a GameCube game. And, and I guess I'm so... I'm so caught up in the news that I don't really have any emotions when it comes to what Jim Benning is going to do and what he should yeah. not do and and Tanner Pearson and blah, blah, blah. I just I just don't know what to expect from this organization. I'm just going to sit pat and watch, but I do believe this is going to happen. And it's, again, another occasion where it's, it's just kind of weird. Just move on. Just move on. Move forward. And mm -hmm. those type of players, you would think you could replace within the organization or less than a million dollars. And those type of moves have to be important for a team that's going to have a lot of high-paid players. And again, look at this, right? We talk about Quinn Hughes getting paid a lot this offseason, Elias Patterson getting paid a lot this offseason. We'll get to that towards the end of this conversation. At the end of next year, Brock Besser, the, minute, the smallest amount he will make is upwards of $7 million based on the last deal he signed. That's all. He's going to get seven plus again. So... Yeah, maybe you shouldn't give $3 million to a guy that probably is going to get you 45 to 50 points playing with Bo Horvat. He does his thing. He's just one of those players. Like, he just gets points. But I do believe those are the type of guys that you can find within the organization for the real cheap. And it's more exciting that way, too. Like why, why would you want to bring 
similar players back to, again, an organization that just hasn't been able to get it done. Things have to change. And I was thinking about this too. The, the team's philosophy, the team's, the, the way they play, get faster, get faster, get faster, especially in your top six. And Tanner Pearson does not do that. Yes, he was serviceable for his time here and we got him for nothing. Eric Branson, one of the worst players in the NHL, we got him for nothing. But again, like you said, it doesn't mean you have to sign him. And to Jay Beagle, an, an, another time where we got to say best of luck. What's going on? Again, a guy who's been polarizing for all the wrong reasons in Vancouver. Big cap hit. What does he do? Not much. But hey, this is just, this is one of those scenarios, man. The Canucks just a, a really, really uh, newsworthy, <laughs> real talk, real, really newsworthy organization. When all these things happen, pandemic, COVID-19, there are still all these bits of uh, head scratching moments that actually have to do with the team itself and this tanner pearson thing is actually one of those things it just confuses the fuck out of me it really really does because um <laughs> you didn't keep tyler Toffoli, and you know what i'm saying there's you didn't keep like a troy stetcher or something but these things happen it just it's just weird it's confusing and it is what it is let's move on to the final topic of today's conversation with bondi i wrote about how i think we will be surprised about what happens with Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson. I do believe that something in the ballpark, right? I just see this happening. Okay. Why not have a four-year deal worth, you know, $28 million, which I know it's not the ideal situation because everyone wants term, right? Everyone wants term. So we can get these guys on the cheap on the tail end of that deal and the salary cap will go up, blah, blah, blah. But I just see these guys, Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson, they're going to sign something that's, in my opinion, similar to a bridge deal based on the years they had this season. And let's talk about the years that they had this season. They didn't like the, they didn't like the league on fire. I mean, they did, they did good. Quinn Hughes, almost a point per game again, defenseman. That's great. Good for you, buddy. But did they like the world on fire? Did they deserve those max deals? Eh, I don't know. And I think, Again, we may be surprised here. We may be surprised here. We may. Yeah, and for, first of all, if you're the Vancouver Canucks, four years is is an absolute non-starter for any of those guys because four years would walk both of them the unrestricted free agency. Like that's just that's just a non-starter right there. Like no no way you should sign these guys to four year deals. If you're gonna go short, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll just make it a sound effect. Oh, okay. Oh. What's wrong with the board? Uh, the board's not recording right now. We're recording this. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Keep going. Oh, okay. I was confused. For a yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, but like four years would would uh, would would uh, would take them right to UFA. So that's a non-starter. Uh, I think for a lot of guys, and this is for just for the Vancouver Canucks. This is across the board in the National Hockey League. I think it's going to be three-year short-term deals for a lot of these guys because. A, if you, let's 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 take it from the Vancouver Canucks perspective. Obviously, if you go three years, you save you save a lot of money. You would save a considerable amount of money than if you were going to long term and buy out UFA years, right? Because hey, I've said it on my podcast before: every short term decision the Vancouver Canucks are going to make for the next however long is going to be based on when can they start selling season tickets. When can they start, you know, putting butts in the seats? And that's not going to be till next season at, at the earliest. So from a Vancouver Canucks perspective, from a management perspective, you're going to save some money. From Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes perspective, Gary Batman's already said this flat cap is going to be here for four years. This is year one. So you got three years after this where the salary cap is going to remain the same. If you're Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, bet on yourself, take a three-year deal. 
And then let's see how much money you can make on your next contract when the salary cap goes up in three years, right? So I think it's going to be three years for both those guys. What's the AAV going to be? I've read the Vancouver Rex has budgeted $15 million yeah. in salary cap for the two of them. So maybe they take a matching three years, $7.5 million deals. That would fit perfectly for Pedersen because Rick Dollywall has reported that his camp is using Matt Barzell as a comparison. And he got around, you know, a three-year, seven seven million dollar deal per season. So that fit for Elias Patterson, and you know, it, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes are both represented by, by the same agency. So it would make sense if they get identical deals, they you know negotiate as a block and, and get the best deal possible for both sides. So I think it's going to be three year, three years for for uh, both of them. Four years, absolutely no go because that walks them to unrestricted yeah. free agency in their prime. And if you, I would be down for, you know, them to sign eight year deals or, you know, right off the yeah. bat. But I just don't think from Manchin's perspective, they, they want to do that. I don't know if they have the, the autonomy to, to back up the brain truck for both of them at this well, point. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know if, uh, again, I don't even think Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson want to do that because they don't even, again, they're coming off yeah. of weird years and they're way better than what they showed this season. And they still showed a lot. It's just, again, they can get that really high number. And again, Bondi broke it down. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm just Kyle Bowen. It's going to be in that range, right? That three-year range. And again, the dollar amount, you're saying seven and a half. I could see them both signing for seven. And everyone take a little cut here because it's not as if you just want to waste those three years improving individually and, and you know, leading up to this big-ass raise in a couple of years, right? You, you want to win hockey games. And, and they're going to have to save some money here. And both of them, again, coming off of I wouldn't even say subpar years. They played so great this year. They didn't light the world on fire. I do believe there is a chance that this organization gets them a little bit more on the cheap. But hey, you never know too. What do we know? Maybe they do go long-term and maybe we get lucky. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they get lucky. They get them long-term. Who the fuck knows? That being said, Jim Benning is the, uh, <laughs> he's the one calling the shots, man. It, I guess that's why I say it, man. You can never know with this guy. Like you never know. Yeah, like I w- did anyone? How many people predicted a five-year, five million dollar per deal for Thatcher Demko? Yeah, that's, that, that's a perfect example right there. Like I think I talked about it on my podcast before with a bunch of people. The comparison was Jordan Bennington, three years, four point something, and they decided to go long term and buy out a couple more UFA years, and that obviously bumps up the price. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Like it'd be it'd be weird to see Thatcher Demko on a five-year deal. But Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes on three-year deals coming off their their ELCs, right? Like I think a year and a half ago, no one could would have predicted. No that. one would have predicted that. No one would have predicted that. And a year and a half ago, maybe four months ago, five months ago, you know, we're excited and we're waiting for these two to light the world on fire and carry us to the second round of the playoffs and sign eight-year deals because they would deserve it. But again, uh, things have been a little different this year. Again, Bondi, the smart one here, Kyle, the one just asking the questions and just. Just so confused about what's going on in this thing called life. I, I remember uh, 12, uh, well, 13 months ago, it's April now. You were, I wouldn't say you were scared, but you were the most uh, in tune with what was going on in the world. So I think that you were living with yeah. part of- that was that was that was the point when I got laid off from work. Yeah. I was stuck at home. I was doom yeah. scrolling all day and uh, I had to stop, man. Like I talked about on my podcast, it was not good for my mental health. Yeah, man. So I had that. So I had to stop and kind of take a step back. But Obviously, with everything going on in the Vancouver Canucks, I had to, had to don the uh, the Dr. Bondi moniker again wow. and see what the hell's going on. Dr. Bondi. Yo, you have to get Dr. Bonnie on your podcast. I know she's... Uh, Dr. Bondi and Dr. Bonnie Henry. I can't, she's, I, I can't believe people have 
Like, I feel as if people are creating this narrative that she's turned heel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. She, that's she went it. from like, a baby face to heel. Yeah. In the span of a year. Like, they would love to do her job and know how to do her job. You know yeah. what I mean? She has a difficult fucking job or just. Yeah. Well, think about the whole vaccine. Think about the whole vaccine like rollout. Like, yeah. there's no way a federal, the provincial government could have won in that scenario because you can do what they're doing now, which is, you know, based based on age, which is going to prevent like you know a lot of the deaths we saw in November, December from all those long term care homes. But the issue is you don't have a, you have a place in BC which doesn't have a lot of natural immunity, and a lot of people still got to go to work in essential services and they're not vaccinated. And you're going to see a lot of spread like this, or you can base it on, you know, who's uh, who's more at risk of getting it because, hey, let's be real. Let's be honest. Like, oh, my, my, my Nona has a vaccine, but she's not go- she's still not going out anywhere. Like she's still staying at home. So you, you can prioritize it on, you know, essential services and who's going to be in high exposure areas. But then you have the risk of, you know, a lot of excess deaths. And then you're the provincial government that killed grandma. And no, and no one wants to be that. So it's a tough situation to be in. And I, I legitimately worry about the future of the North Division because what it's it's easy to say for the Vancouver Ducks, and it's terrible to have this outbreak happen to the Vancouver Canucks, and it's near the end of the season, and it's going to throw in complications. What happens if you know the Toronto Maple Leafs go through this mid playoff series? What's gonna What's gonna happen there? Yeah, it's just it, 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 it's the North Division is going to have to be really, really careful with contract creation and and testing for the rest the rest of the way, and it's just unfortunate because the, the vaccines are not going to come to hockey players anytime soon. No, one hundred percent. I'm just looking up on uh, Puckpedia.com, and I was looking at the UFA years for Pedersen and Hughes, and this is just the Nux Misconduct Network. Okay, we're, we're just we're learning as we go. This is telling me that Pedersen will be a UFA at the year 2025. And Quinn Hughes being one in 2026. So I may be wrong. You may be wrong. But hey, you're just bonding. I'm just bowing, you know? Yeah. No, we, we don't claim to be experts on this podcast. No, we're just talking, man. We're just talking. And again, this contract that they're going to sign, like, these numbers and what we're seeing with the UFA years and the dollar amount, I think that we're going to be surprised. And yeah. it, l- let me end with this. It, I kind of alluded to it, right? They will take less because they want more for the team. And these two ultra competitive ultra competitive ultra elite with the skill but the best part about these two is they try so fucking hard that matters to them that matters to them that that team success really really matters to them it adds to their enjoyment of the game that they succeed at hockey so i can't see them taking less i know it's hard to see it's hard to see with jim benning calling the shots it's hard to trust that dude with the pen but these two right here they know their importance to the organization. They know the importance of this contract, that cap hit with all the bullshit that's already in the cap for the Vancouver Canucks. I could see these two take a little bit less and surprise us with this deal. I really do, man. I really well, do. What, one thing that's going to be beneficial to the Canucks in terms of Quinn Hughes is he is a 10, what's called a 10 point C uh, restricted free agent. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he can't be offer sheeted. That's the big thing. Right. So you can pretty much, you know, he has to take, you know, or leave me, he can hold out, but you know, no team can you do a pull a pull a Sebastian Ajo like the Montreal Canadiens and then just give him a big offer sheet and uh, hope you don't match with at least, at least Quinn Hughes. At least Patterson could be offer sheeted. Yeah, I, I remember right. that that Ajo offer sheet was just some bullshit. Like Montreal just I felt I was I was so yeah. surprised. I was so surprised that Ajo would even sign that. 
because it- And that's the issue. Broke. And that's the issue with offer sheets. A lot of, I think like people are like, oh, why aren't there more offer sheets? Why aren't there more offer sheets? Because teams just match them right away. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be cap compliant until, you know, the very first game of the regular season. So mm-hmm. it, it, they probably, you know, Montreal probably did Carolina a huge favor. Okay, we'll match the offer sheet and we'll worry about how to be cap compliant down the road. Yeah, man. Straight up. Okay, Bonnie, thanks for your time. We did a lot of talking. Hey, maybe you learned something today on this episode of Sipping on a 40. Uh, we did correct ourselves towards the end there. And uh, we won't fact, fact check ourselves when it comes to all the COVID talk. We're just Bonnie uh, now. Yeah. Conversation. What the fuck do we know? Uh, thanks a lot to all the listeners. Hey, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasting. If you enjoyed the show. Hey, if you hated the show, give us a one-star rating. Just get, leave a comment. We'll read it. We'll read it. Okay. We want to read it. On only, I'm only going to read the good, the good reviews on my podcast. Probably you can bad, read the bad ones. You can read the bad ones. I don't give a fuck, yo. Just rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Boom, bam. Make our lives a little bit better because we made your life a little bit better. And I'm trying to subscribe to The Athletic, okay? Okay. If I can make $10 more doing this whole podcasting thing, I will do it. So They always have those deals for The Athletic, though, where it's like $1 subscription a month. Like, how yeah. can you not afford a dollar? Well, dog, man, you got a budget in these times, man. You never know <laughs> when you're going to need that dollar, man. 2021, what what can you expect in 2021? I don't know. Hey, speaking of 2021, 2022 is a what? Like what? Eight months away? I'm, I, I, I don't even know. We're already looking past 2021. It's not bad, huh? Too, you, people know, right? I've been always on that number 22. It's a very important number for me. I make a playlist every Sunday, post it up playlist. Bondi actually contributed to that playlist, the same playlist that has 22 songs available on it. Again, every Sunday, it's called the post it up playlist. I'll put that link in the bio as well. And maybe uh, maybe I'll end the episode with that song, Smile by G-Unit. Yeah, uh, classic song. It's a classic song. And I'm I'm looking outside. It's gray outside. I know my people probably, maybe they don't miss hockey because the team wasn't doing that well, but hey, it's, it's pretty grim out here on the West Coast. Yeah. Hey, I, I've said it on my Twitter account. I'm not a well-adjusted individual. I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing this whole time without Canucks hockey. People oh. say like it's not important. Again, I'm not a well-adjusted individual. Like, what am I, what, I, I'm lost. I'm lost. Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I, I'm gambling on these games, but there's no Canucks games. It feels weird. Hey, man, it's escapism, man. We all love it, man. It, sports are so many things and that one thing Again, that word escapism, it's really important for us human beings. And we don't have that right now with the Vancouver Canucks. But hey, get well soon. Take your time. Just be healthy. Absolutely. Okay, Vancouver, just be healthy. Hey, have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night. We don't know when you're listening to this, but we, yes, we appreciate it. Peace.